Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Tuesday. You know what that means. It is your AEW review with me, your boy, Big Tasty, joined once again by Jay. We've, we've clawed you back from the, the Tesco mines that you were being forced to slave away in. And uh, oh, yeah, as we... As we as we barrel towards Forbidden Door, we're locked in with uh, your top boys for your, for your top analysis. How's it going, mate? You okay? I am okay. I've uh, not done much today, to be honest. Just, uh, just had a lazy day playing Jedi Fallen Order. I brewed 2,000 litres of lager, which took an I... incredibly long time. <laughs> I mean, there's your job. And it was so hot. Apologies if you can hear any background noise on my end. I have my window open because it is hotter than the sun today. I, I, I've got my fan on as well, so you might hear the occasional buzz. That's uh, fine. That buzz, mate, is just a buzz for Forbidden Door, the top crossover paper between New Japan and Oh, what a segue. <laughs> we might, might be doing a live watch along, or I don't know yet. Me and Troy are going to be together watching it. Oh, nice. I'll so. be watching it. I could, what I could do, I could set, um, I could bring my laptop back from the brewery and set it up on the, on the, um, on the table and then, like, have me and Sarah on, like, the new, my, my new mic, which I'm not using today because background noise, but, um, and then we could do, we could both talk at the same time, which would be cool. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to see Ramstein with Troy. Oh, sure so you are. I'm going to be staying over at Troy's the day off Bindor, so I was like, oh, shit, Bindor's on, shall we watch it together? He's like, yeah. Oh, you are, pal, yeah. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> uh, right, should we get cracking with all the wrestling we've got to talk about? Because there's some, there's some uh, mad stuff going down this week that we need to get into. Yeah, let's do it. So first of all, then, on Dynamite, we start with Chris Jericho versus Ortiz, her versus her match. Uh, I, was, I was initially really disappointed in the outcome of this match. But then... I mean... I, I said what was going to happen, happened. Yeah. But then at the same time, the way they did it at the end, like the, the way they sort of spun it, kind of really made sense. Yeah. It made me kind of quite excited for what's coming. It was a callback to a WCW angle. Oh, right. Where uh, Eddie Guerrero wrestled, I think it was Eddie. Yeah, I think Eddie wrestled Chavo in a hair versus hair match. Yeah. And Chavo lost. I mean, first I of all, that. it's so Ortiz lost, Jericho won. Um, first of all, like Jericho is getting to that Baron Corbin point anyway, like he's going real thin. As I say, he's got the Terry Funk here from like <laughs> from like the early nineties Terry Funk, where you could see it was very thin on top when he was sweating, and then the the more that like he sweats, the more thinner you could see it getting. Yeah. Um. But I I, I don't know. I think I think with Jericho, he's either going to get fucking hit. Like a hair transplant or hair implants. Gonna do a wing, or, really. Just go, go on tour with Fozzie and come back with like a mane. Yeah. 
either that or he's going to just bite the bullet and just get it. Like, it, this is like the long game where he's going to get too cocky now. He's won a hair of his hair match. And he's yeah. going to put his hair on the line. Just bet his hair all the time. Like, yeah. Yeah. How and to be it? fair, this was a like sports entertainment as much as it could, could have got. Oh, God, yeah. It was fun, though. I enjoyed it. Um, Jericho uh, hit a code breaker, or he's kicked out of that, which was pretty cool. Then you had like everyone running in at the end. It all sort of like went a bit nuts, didn't it? Um, Eddie yeah, I mean, in. like one one like really good takeaway from it was Ortiz like looked like he could hang with Jericho. Yeah, they did a really good job of making it feel like Ortiz actually belongs. I mean, like so Jericho. towards the end, there was a bit where like Kingston got in the ring when the ref was like sort of sort of the nonsense, and he hit the hurricane on Jericho, and I yeah. thought that was it. I was like, I was so invested in that being the finish. <laughs> I was out of my seats pretty yeah. much. Yeah, I, I did see to be fair. Uh, but then Fuego del Sol appeared, hit Ortiz with a baseball bat, and Jericho pinned him for the win. But after the match, it wasn't Fuego at all. It was Sammy. I think this is a really smart move, bringing Sammy and Ty into Jericho. Oh, moving him bad. away from Jericho as Jericho turned heel has proven to be an unmitigated disaster, hasn't it, for Sammy pretty much? The thing was, though, like, Sammy was. Sammy was over as fuck until the picture. Yeah. It was that picture with the TNT title with him and Ty shagging with it that turned them heel. Before that, everyone was like, I am, I'm Team Sammy all the way. Yeah. Uh, but it's inter- it'd be hopefully nice to see Sammy if he can do proper heel stuff now, like be a scumbag like he always needs to be, then I'm, I'm willing to accept I mean, this. He is a very. He is a very unlikable guy. Yeah, not like in a not like in a bad way. He's just, he just has natural like prick energy. Yeah, he's he, it's a bit like Randy Orton. Randy Orton's got big like dickhead energy. Yeah, which why he's a heel, like why he's a good heel. But then Randy Orton now has kind of got like cool dad energy. So it's kind of the moral of the story is when Sammy's forty, everyone will like him. Yeah. <laughs> When he's teaming with like a 25 year old stoner, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, after the match, then Ortiz takes the uh, the scissors off and the, the shavers off the barber and cuts his own hair while it's like a screaming blood and guts of Jericho, which was a pretty cool visual. It was, and it got to the point where it was like really uncomfortable, which I think it needed to be. Yeah, he went on a little bit too long, but like that was kind of the point. But but then to the point where like Jericho was like starting to get uneasy looking at him, like like a lunatic screaming, holding. I think what they were trying to get over was the fact that like this, he doesn't care that he lost because the, the stipulation was they just had to have the match to get blood and guts, didn't they? Yeah, and then it was like, oh, well, if you right. want blood and guts, you've got to bet your hair. And Ortiz was like, showing up this like his hair means fuck all to him. He just wants the match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe in, in like in for Shooth, maybe he just like wanted to grow his dreads out and he, he obviously knew it to get rid of them, just cut them off, isn't it? So. Possibly. Maybe he just wants to try something new. I saw, speaking of hair versus hair, I saw um, young Jack Evans on the, the Progress the other day and his hair's growing back nice. Yeah, he's got like a proper dad hairstyle, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, hopefully we'll be to see what the what these goes for over the next couple of months oh. as his hair comes back in. That'd be nice. Yeah, he looks like Jack Evans from Accountant. Uh next up then we had Wardlow versus 20 Plantiffs. And this was just like, you know, when you like 
you know, when you set up a Royal Rumble, like the easiest difficulty, and you just body everyone as they come in. Yeah. Like unlike a video game, this was that. It was it was pretty. F- I, yeah. It wasn't. Look, it wasn't a five star classic. So I've it, seen it, no mistake. Welcome. Right. Well, so the the, the I'm not going to say where it's from, but the summary I've got of it on the screen here for remind me about what happened on the show said that it was one of the worst segments in AEW history. I wouldn't go that far. No, I mean it wasn't. It wasn't like you know Hangman it, versus it, Omega, but like it was. It wasn't like. In the same, you wouldn't put that in the same breath as like the fucking nightmare collective. No, absolutely not. This was just Wardlow yeeting a load of guys. I liked how he, he like stacked up like progressively more. And it, we're getting back to that WrestleMania thing where he hasn't legally pinned most of them because they're not on the math. What well, one um one thing I did like about it was it was like a nice kind of transition between him ending the whole smart mark style and thing, and then obviously now he's. He's focusing on Dan Lambert and yeah. Uh, so after after he'd like annihilated these these twenty security guards, uh, Dan Lambert was like, "Yeah, well, I know MMA guys as well, so here's some MMA dudes. I don't really recognize them. Like, I don't know MMA they're, that well. Quite big names to be fair. Tyrone Blood, well, he's a really good fighter. Matt Matt Hughes was a very decorated fighter. Uh, he had a horrific accident. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, he was walking a bit wobbly, wasn't he? But like Sarah said, apparently he had to like learn how to walk again or something because he's like he was in a coma and all that. Yeah, like his car broke down on train tracks and got like yeah. clipped by it. So yeah, I mean oh, it yeah. was really cool. So they got in the ring and Ward, they were at the fight. Wardlow, Wardlow was like, "Do you really want to fight me?" Because he said so, and like they were like, "No, not really." So all right, let's not do it then. And they went, "Okay." Yeah, um, it was. I, I like what I liked about it as well. Though was. It started like creating dissension amongst American top team. Yeah. Like the fact that Dan Lambert's like actual like bread and butter is UFC fighters are starting to get tired of the shit. Yeah. They're just like, no, we're not we're not gonna get we'll, we see what happened to everybody else. They just got the shit beat out of them. We're not gonna do that. Yeah. Um but yeah I, I I quite I quite like this. Um I quite like the segment. I thought it didn't overstay its welcome. It was a good way to kind of give Wardlow the sort of celebrity pop so to speak where they have like semi-famous names go oh yeah I'm cool that guy um and yeah just it was it was a nice way to just move like end all stuff with Mark Sterling and then progress it to Wardlow's now feud with Dan Lambert and his boys yeah absolutely uh next up then a bit of a treat we had Will Ospreay versus Dax Harwood in a singles match oh. now right this could have been a G1 match Anger. like I, the more, like, I, I saw a thing, um, where was it? It was on Facebook, I think, on, like, a group. And someone said, someone said, do we, need, do we need to start talking about Dax Harwood this rest of the year? I mean, he's making a point, isn't he? He's making a case. And he's had seven singles matches this year. And I don't, I don't really, I don't really give Meltzer ratings much credence, but I do think the, a guy who, like, my, my view on Meltzer ratings is, a guy who digests that much wrestling, if he says something's good, it's got to stand out because yeah. he watches a shit ton of wrestling. Just for first for, for uh, keeping track, he gave this 4.75. He's not given Dax Howard a match under four stars this year. Yeah. Dax Howard singles match. That's without the fact that he's had two five-star uh, tag team matches. Yeah. And he's and currently a, in my, he's in my current match of the year. Is it a, uh, is it Briscoe's? Yes. Yeah, it's, that's up there for me. 
just a just a cheap little plug. In two weeks, we are going to be doing our uh, our matches of the year so far. Yeah, our first half. Of the year. I really need to fucking oh, write my list because I haven't got a clue what else is going on. Well, Troy, Troy was giving me shit. Going on, make sure you watch um, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins and Hell in a Cell. And I was like, mate, I've got more than enough to fucking watch. Like, I've got I've got a list as big as my current list of matches that I need to check out to make sure I don't leave them out. I haven't even watched Capital Collision yet, like fucking Kings to vs. G. I haven't watched them, the one with... Is that the one with their Brody King vs. Suzuki on as well? Yes. Yes, yeah, I need to watch that. Also, uh, did you see Did you see what I put on Discord there? Suzuki and Garcia is on YouTube now. Yeah. Did you see I put up the... Um, I saw Bailey that. Versus Takeshita, that, that match. Fucked. If you haven't, to anyone listening, if you haven't got, go on to a West, is it West Coast Pro? West Coast Pro. They've got three matches on the YouTube and all of them are absolute bangers. Yeah, they, they just put up uh, Mike Bailey versus Takeshita and it's what people are calling it a match of the year already uh, and it's phenomenal. <laughs> it really is I, ridiculous. Apparently, uh, Takeshita and Lee Moriarty from Prestige the other week was, the other day was. Sorry, I think Takeshita is just legit. I, I'm seriously considering going to one of the other progress shows that he's going to be on I am very much so as well I'm thinking probably Sheffield because it's closer and Sheffield I know all the pubs there we go but there go. then the other, the other one's Newcastle I could go to the Newcastle game as well at the same time I've got friends in Newcastle a lot of friends in Newcastle so yeah it's it's the it's the fair the uh, open weekend of the Premier League so I could try and get the weekend off and then oh nice do both yeah so, so we'll jump back I mean we're not going to go into the I don't want to go into the, the sort of Back and forth this match because it was so much going on. It was it was it was honestly phenomenal. Like Dax's Dax, we said this like last year when he wrestled Jungle Boy. Like his his singles chops are just monstrous. Like you see a lot of tag team guys, like and they like. I don't want to throw shade here, but like you look at you look at Ortiz in the in the earlier match, and he's he's incredible. He's really 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 good, but he doesn't have that air of like believability that you think he could beat a singles guy like Jericho. Yeah. But I th- I, to be fair, I think with Dax, he didn't until he got more under his belt. But like, Dax, but he, Dax now, like you look at Dax, right, he doesn't win a lot of these singles matches, but he feels like a threat every single time. Yeah, like the Dax Jungle Boy match, it was like pretty obvious Jungle Boy was winning it, but then Dax had that show and it was like, oh shit, this was awesome. And then we had the whole um, Dax versus Punk, and again, Talking the limit, and it's like, oh, okay. By the time we got to Dax Osprey, it was like this could go either way. Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd have Definitely. thought, you'd have expected Osprey to win, given that like he lost the last time he lost his debut, and he's a top New Japan guy. Yeah, he's going to be a bit protected, but still, I mean, this this match was they were, they were legitimate. If like, Dax is Ortiz never until Kingston got the interference and hit the, the hurricane, or Ortiz never had like a believable near fall in that match. Like, you always thought, oh yeah, this because he doesn't have like that big move, does he? That, Whereas Dax, like that, there are legitimate moments here where you think he can win. That rebound lag about my thought he had it. Oh, that's such a because he tried it earlier on, didn't he? And didn't get it, and then when he when yeah. he finally got it, you're like, oh shit, this could be it now. That was such a, I, I, and also the sell of the the hidden blade, which, I mean, it, in fairness, it's just Osprey like clobbering you with like swinging his arm like it's a fucking. I saw a clip movie. on Twitter last night of him hitting Nick Wayne with one that looks like he murders him. That's another match I need to check out. Apparently, that was like a match of the year candidate. Yeah, <laughs> Nick Wayne's so good as well. Um, 
but yeah, like the one he did on Dax, where Dax is just kind of like getting back to his knees and he's just like looking around like, where is he? And then he kind of realises and then he yeah. just hits him. Like that bit in Jurassic Park where the guy gets done by the Raptors in it. He's like, oh shit, here we go. Yeah. What what I'll say about Dax, just because this is this is very much an FTR love podcast at this point. Um fuck what Aaron and Ryan say. Uh the Dax. official the official position of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is that we think FTR are fantastic. Yeah, it's three against two. For me, at the moment, Cody was the Cody's like the best storyteller in wrestling, isn't he? At the moment, it's probably say, I'd say Dax is a close second. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, the match he had, but even like the match he had with Cash, like the promos on like, the in-ring storytelling between those two guys was utterly phenomenal. It was so, so good. But that that's what I mean. You can take a match where, like this Osprey match, it had not a whole lot of heat going into it other than the United Empire had been getting an FTR business in the last like couple of weeks, and they had that six man. He took that match and they told the story that was self-contained within it where Dax had an axe to grind where it was like, where he wanted to prove that he could go with someone like Will Ospreay. Yeah. And he did it. And it didn't matter whether he win, lost or drew because he did what he fucking went out um, to do. Will Ospreay was just a horrible person throughout the entire thing. Just a horrible, yeah, horrible lad. Even by the end of it, like Will Ospreay looked like he had like a newfound respect for Dax. Yeah, absolutely. He looked, he looked like he'd seen some shit at the end, by the end of the match. Um, but yeah, I, I'd, to go back to you saying it felt like a G1 match, I'd love to see Dax in the G1. Oh, absolutely. I, I get the impression FTR are going to be in uh, New Japan's tag team equivalent, the World Tag League, which well, is in November. We'll talk a little bit about that later because there's, there's a match mm-hmm. and we need to predict it and we'll talk about possible implications. But yeah. Well, um, yeah, we'll do predictions. I think someone's asked about predictions and questions, so we'll, we'll definitely get onto that. Um, after the match, uh, Orange Cassidy's music hits and he comes down and stares down Osprey. So that's a match that's announced. We're getting that Osprey. was fucking huge. That's going to be basically the next version because it's been it's been age. Like Cassidy hasn't like fully gone like full pelt since the triple threat for the title. I don't think. Well, he's been injured, hasn't he, for since Revolution. Yeah, but the last time he like went full speed and like full, you know, full orange, full orange was probably that triple threat with Park and Kenny. And uh, I'd, I'd say I'd say the uh, the lights out match that I'm calling it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but that was wasn't that a um, oh no, it was just a singles match, wasn't it? I think I was thinking of the mixed tag. Yeah, that was pretty good as well. Yeah, but that that was more like a gimmick match. This is going to be a straight up work rate nonsense flippy boy match, and it's going to be incredible. So this match was meant to be Osprey versus Andrade. Yes, but Andrade isn't allowed to well, compete because of, the, because of CMLL and Triple AB and fucking carny bastards. Uh, that didn't happen. Um, yeah. But I think I think Orange being in this match is great because not only does it kind of show that Orange has got like does have that other level to him. He's someone who feels like he's kind of been getting a lo- little bit lost in the shuffle since he got injured. Yeah, he's sort of, he's sort of like um, the last sort of six months. He's sort of like gotten a bit enveloped in like the chaos stuff, hasn't he? And like mm. he was like I said, he was in that triple threat match for the title. Like he was a number one contender, and now he feels more like he's around the sort I, of like 
mid card, and he, yeah, you need to and to remind him that he is like one of those top singles guys. You can just go. Yeah, I thought prior to like the like mass WWE releases, which obviously have changed a lot of the landscape of AEW. I thought Orange was a guy they were going to kind of like make like their like similar a similar sort of position to Hangman. He's already kind of got a bit of a bit of name power to him before AEW, but he really become a star in AEW. I thought Orange was yeah. going to be like another guy like that because he's still like one of the, he's still one of the top merch guys. He's still like you see all the people in the crowd dressed like him. He's still that, like super I mean, super that, over. that pop, yeah, that pop was like Stone Cold's fucking glass in. Except it's like the start of Where's My Mind by Pixies, which is hilarious. It's great. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Right then, moving on. Speaking of keeping with the bitten door, we had John Moxley and Tanahashi having a little confrontation. And I love this because it was like, it was telling like a story that Moxley's been trying to tell for like since before lockdown, where it's just remember, like, remember when he was like having a one man war with Japan? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, it was always about getting to Tanahashi. Um, and then Moxley says he's going to be calling him ace after the match, which is beautiful. The thing is, because Troy Troy is adamant that, well, I say adamant, I, I kind of changed his mind on it, but in his head, he won, he's adamant Tanahashi's going to beat Mox. Which, I think it, either either guy wins, it's, it's a benefit for AEW, in it? Yeah. I can't see, I and mean, we'll talk about this later, I can't see past Mox. I th- the, thing, the thing is, if Tanahashi wins... Oh, sorry, if Tanahashi loses, there's only one other guy Mox needs to go for. That's Akada. Akada, yeah. I mean, there's Naito, but, you know, who's asked about Mox first? Like, oh, because this, this has been, like, for Mox, this has it. been this has three years in the making. Like, remember when he killed yeah. Kojima? Remember when he, like, he killed... Well, the Kojima match was meant to be Mox versus Tanahashi for the first one, wasn't it? Yeah, but... They couldn't do it. What one thing that is a bit of a shame is that because of um, because of Mox and Tanahashi, now we're not getting reunited a, a, re, re, a reunion of the Death Riders. Yeah, well, that made that made me do a bit of a sad. Yeah. So anyway, so as this is going on, Jericho's music hits and comes out, and it's it's nice to get like. Getting that Mox Jericho confrontation sort of takes you back to like old AEW, doesn't it? To like year one, which is quite nice. Yeah. yeah. And you forget like, oh yeah, these guys are like major beef, and it's 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 good to see like that they're and still even, like even um like in the build up to Anakin in the arena, they they're kind of like crossing the the crossing of paths of them was very limited. Yeah. Like it really wasn't though. There really wasn't a whole lot of like. Of interaction between Mox and Jericho and either kind of like build up or match. Yeah, was this where was it here or was it on Rampage that the other guys propped up? It was here, wasn't it? Was it here? What with Suzuki Goon attack them? Yeah. No, no, it was here. Yeah, so yeah, you had Suzuki as well, like Lance Archer and Yeah, Jericho, um, Sammy, Ty, and Garcia, I think. Yeah. All- Mox and Tanahashi's face, and then Suzuki Goon, El Desperado, and uh, Lance Archer attack um, Mox and Tanahashi. So this now sets up a match, which is on Forbidden Door, which is Shota Umino, Willie Uther, and Eddie Kingston 
versus Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki in a six man. Yeah. Which that's just gonna be hilariously good fun. I like the fact that Jericho kind of um he alluded to like working with Suzuki Goon as like a business merger. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, we've got a business merger with Suzuki Goon, so they're now they're now also sports entertainers. I think Mayor the Granddad is gonna fucking end them for calling them a sports entertainer. <laughs> I, I yeah. think Jer- I, I, I also do think that this match is gonna lead us to Jericho and Suzuki down the line. Yeah. That, because Jer- be- Jericho and Suzuki have both said they want to wrestle each other. You can I mean you could do it at uh, Wrestle Kingdom, you could do it on like in Japan, couldn't you? You could do it at all else. Yeah. Do it on fucking no Tony Khan will do it on an episode of fucking Dynamite. <laughs> do it on, on fucking YouTube before um, before do Battle it, of the Bus three. He'll do it on Rampage like next week. <laughs> but yeah, yeah it, um it, uh, th- this was an interesting one, and I think there's a lot of really cool moving parts in it. I like the whole idea that Shota Umino could be joining Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah. And repping uh, the combat club in isn't he Mox's like young line in Japan or something along those lines? Well, so the whole thing with him and Mox was Mox made his debut in New Japan where he did a bad murder on Juice Robinson. Yeah, and then he won and he won the US title, and then his first his first offense was just on like a random show against Shota Rumino, um, who was a young line at the time, and. Again, Mox just did a bad murder on him. But then after the match, just like picked him up and carried him out with him. Oh, right, okay. And he was like, this is my young lion now. This is my young boy. <laughs> and like, there's the whole like meme of him, Mox holding Shota and Shota's like dead. And then as as like they tagged a bit more, Shota got his own like leather jacket with Death Rider on the back. And him and Mox like did like the whole Death Rider pose. Um, and then Shota went on an ex- excursion to the UK to Rev Pro. Oh, right. Cool. Um, and he's now, now, funnily enough, his gear looks very similar to kind of like, um, like a kind of cross of Mox and Utah's gear. Yeah. So again, it's he's got the aesthetic down. If he wants to join the combat club, see, he, he, I just all like every time I look at him, I just think he's the guy that like Moxie sends out to buy him ciggies. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, Faye's a huge shelter Umino fan, so I'd say. Probably ask her about it. Fair. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll catch some of his stuff before before the door just to sort of like get an idea of what he's about. It, his match with Mox is really good, and apparently he had a banging match with Jay White not that long ago. Nice. Uh, right next up, then quickly, Tony Storm calls out Britt Baker. Uh, said that she wants to be world champion. Basically, the idea is she has to like get past Britt and she to get to, to get a title shot. Britt's like, yeah, you can't, you know, you, you can't see the top of the division until you beat me, etc., and all that. Hmm. So that's fine. And then we have a qualifying match for the All-Atlantic Championship. We have Miro versus Ethan Page. Um, and this match was really good fun, wasn't it? It was. It was I, was. I was so conflicted here. I didn't know who I wanted to win. It was like a hoss fight, but not like a hoss fight. Yeah. Because it was just Miro doing an actual murder on Ethan Page. He did get... Like, Miro did... I mean, obviously, Miro's come back with all the heat, isn't he? Like, I think he's... Again, I'll try not to give away the predictions here, but... I said, me and Troy were talking about this yesterday when we recorded the news, and I said, it's hard to see anyone but Miro, maybe Pac, but realistically, anyone but Miro walking out with that belt. Yeah. Thing is, I mean, we'll talk about it in, in the predictions, but like, there's no wrong answer here. It's Pac, 
Miro, Malachi, or Ishii. Like, I, I'd like any of them to be jumping. Also, Black Dom need no belts. Trios yeah. belts, baby. Those belts. PWG tag team jumps. Uh, but yeah, so Miro picks up the win. He, he was very dominant in the match, wasn't he? Like, um, there was that really cool bit where he like he drove Paige into the um, into like the barricade and he held him there and I like, made eye contact with him and then did it again. Yeah. Um, but I, I think to be fair, I mean Ethan Page is someone who we I mean I know I know me and you are certainly huge fans of him and think that the the sky's the limit for him. Um, he, he's a guy who, I know obviously because him and Miro both signed long-term deals not that long ago, haven't they? Yeah, they both, yeah. I think Miro's just re-signed, hasn't he? Or like re- Miro signed like a five-year deal. And Ethan Page, I think he, did he re-sign just before he moved to America? Or just after he moved to yeah, America? Yeah, I think Page signed either two or four-year extension, I can't remember. Yeah, so they're, um, both, they're both guys who they obviously see a big future for. Yeah, and I think Ethan Page in particular is a guy that I can see being like a future world champion way down the line. Yeah. Because he's just that good at every like facet of everything he does. Um but I, I think because like Page because Page went into this being like the cocky heel, it kind of protected them in the sense that when Miro did like a murder on him, it it, it was kind of just like, oh yeah. He's just a cocky bastard. That's yeah, it, it's almost like he, it's almost like he stupidly just didn't take Miro seriously enough and like came in like thinking it was just gonna be another match. And like it builds Miro back up now into that sort of like buzzsaw that he was. Like he's like the he's like the evil John Moxley you know, in a way, almost isn't it? He's just like he's trouble for anyone who comes against him. Yeah, I, I see. I like the fact as well that um, that it started off where Paige was like caught like caught Miro off guard, and then Miro just like went, "All right, fuck you, buddy," and just killed him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really fun match. And like you say, Miro advances to the final, which is great. Uh, wins of the game over. Av having also, like, it was weird because he also, like, he kind of was the face in this match because he was beating up Dan Lambert and he was doing all this and that. And yeah. Yeah. So that's nice. Uh, I, I, like, I like the fact that, but like, because as soon as Miro was, like, the surprise opponent for uh, Johnny Elise and he got that monster pop, it was like, yeah, Miro's a face now. Everyone yeah. fucking Miro. Just deal with it. Uh, right next up, Dante Martin cut a little promo ahead of his match on Rampage against Moxley. You know, last words, you've got to have them, don't you? I, I'm starting to think that Dante's going to end up in the combat club. He's on he's on that like, youth trajectory, isn't he, it looks like? He keeps having matches with Mox and keeps getting closer. Yeah. Uh, right yeah. Then, fo- following on from that, we had Tony Storm versus Britt Baker. Um, Fun match, really fun match. Yeah, really. again, these, these two have just got really good chemistry together, haven't they? And they, they've had a few matches now, and they've, they've all been really thin. Mm-hmm. Like Tony Storm's a hell of a pickup for this for this women's division. Yeah, um, yeah, something that we kind of addressed on the news as well. Um, it's good that they've decided to go with putting this match on Forbidden Door. Um, Troy was kind of asking why it's it's on, and I think because. They need a women's match on the cards, and New Japan doesn't have a women's division. Yeah, they have. I mean, have they have Stardom? But Stardom had a show in Japan like the night before Forbidden Door, don't they? So, and also Stardom are owned by the same parent company. They're not actually anything to do with New Japan. Yeah. So again, it's like another deal that Tony Khan's going to have to try and like make down the line. Which apparently, according to dear old Davey Meltzer, there are talks going ongoing. 
Well, they also have a partnership with TJPW, don't they? They do. And DDT, though. Like, that's yeah, so thing. next next for the door, get DDT involved as well. Get TJPW in. Have I like... mean, DDT in the same, under the same, uh, under the same, like, umbrella as Noah. Get Noah involved. Yeah. Just not Mike Logan. Leave him in Japan. Like that. Nah, leave that cunt there. So, yeah, uh, super fun match. Uh, get Ridgeway over though. Progress get Ridgeway, yeah, get Ridgeway. I mean, Ridgeway's dope, isn't he? Ridgeway top, Daniel. Top, top scouser, Chris Ridgeway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, Tony Storm gets the win with Storm Zero. Um, bit of a, not an upset, but, you know, it's it's really cool <laughs> to fucking pin pile drive. I know it's Storm Zero, but, like, it looks horrible every time you hear <laughs> it. It looks like he's trying to kill somebody. It's fucking beautiful. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know what? I've been, I've, I've worked Japan. I, I can drop people on the head. This was good because it kind of now the one what like one apiece. So it's we've got the rematch down the line. But also, what was good about it was like Tony literally weathered everything Rick would throw at her. So it shows that she belongs in the ring with Thunder Rosa. Yeah, it did. It's a lot to build the story that they've only really been building for like two weeks. Because for some reason they decided it was a good idea to when where they like drawing the stories out to do a pay per view like with three weeks away from the last one or a month away from the last one. Yeah. Uh, right then, let me move on. Oh no, I was going to say move on to the girls, but yes, um, this was well. First of all, a little little bonus we got Willow Nightingale answering Jade Cargill's open challenge. Always happy to see Willow Nightingale. It's always a pleasure to see Willow Nightingale pop up on TV. And more of that, please. Uh, and then we had Hangman Page out. Well, she, uh, did, she did interrupt Stokely as well, which was, you know... She did, which was foolish. Which is always good to have Stokely involved in anything. So, uh, Page said he called out um, Okada for his IWGP World Championship, and he obviously didn't think that Okada might lose. He has. However, he's still going to challenge him, basically. And then Adam Cole came out, called Page stupid. It was very... Um, very complimentary about Jay White. Was very almost like ass kissy. Yeah. So what? What was interesting here was Cole said that a car that isn't going to be a forbidden door, which I now, think is too much mustache, like a mustache twirling. Yeah. But there is the other thing of that. Um, a car that's partner is expecting a baby. Yeah. Uh, well, a car and his partner are expecting a baby, I should say. Um, but but it's that's not until like early August. So it's one of them, I suppose, where it's whether yeah, he's like it's pl- plenty of time. Yeah, I suppose it's one of them though, where he's like whether he wants to like risk being out the country like a month before the due date. Yeah, which would would be understandable if that was the case. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so anyway, well, so I think there's a rainmaker in Adam Page's future. Cole hits uh, Jay White's music. Jay White doesn't come out of the ramp. He instead pops up behind Adam Page, hits him with a Blade Runner. Just one Blade Runner. Uh, and then basically says lots, lots and lots of angry Kiwi noises as well. Yeah, he says he's not gonna. He said he, if he's gonna put his title on the line, it will be against Adam Page. And then Cole's like, "Yeah, baby, let's go." Bullet Club versus Undisputed Exhibition match. And he's like, "Oh yeah, don't give me against you either, Cole." Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't think I think they're so close. To, I mean, we've got like one dynamite, one rampage left. Like, if you're having Jay White on the show, you have to lock it down like this week at this Wednesday, don't you? I think they will do. I think I think it's it seems to me like the original plan was a Carter 
and as I say, because maybe maybe he's thinking about like father and stuff like that. And that's why he dropped the belt to Jay, and that's kind of put a spanner in the works. But he's also said he wants to be on the show. Hear me out. Right, main event, Forbidden Door. A Carter and Kenny just play like loads of Street Fighter for like half an hour. <laughs> I, I, I'd like it if um, you just had backstage video packages of a Carter in like his little uh, yacht with like the best friends and Rocky. We're just trying to put a cut together and getting really frustrated. No, just trying to get, trying to get like, trying to park it like they're in like the in like the river in Chicago or they're just trying to park it <laughs> somewhere so you can get out and get to the arena that's what I'd like um, but yeah I, I think um, I, I think that the Akada thing is either a massive oversight or it's like as you say moustache swirl and heel it almost feels like you wouldn't have Adam Cole quite announce it if it was like actually true. It almost it almost thinks about the setting up for him to be like, oh, a card is not going to be there, and then like coin drops, and then like a card comes out, and like, yeah. I I actually, to be fair, I feel even though I feel like Jay White should absolutely defend the IWGP Heavyweight Title on the show. I, I said to Troy yesterday, I wouldn't be surprised if they did Jay White and Cole versus a card and Page, hmm. and then I mean, down. I- I still think they could do a four-way. I still think there's a there's a, a four-man four-way match there. Yeah, that's true. They've already got a four-way on the card, though. Especially now they're like teasing more because like a couple of weeks ago it looked like Cole and Jay White were like buddy buddy, but now it looks like there's a little bit of friction there. Yeah. See, originally I thought that what they were going to do was Bullet Club versus Undisputed Elite, and what's what's very interesting about that as well is that there's no. Young books on the card yet. There's no, um, who, who else in the There's no Red Dragon on the card yet. No, um, and not really any Bullet Club on the card. No, there's no Good Brothers. There's no, um, there's no Juice. I mean, Juice he's, he's not going to be. Yeah, there's there's the Suzuki Goon. Yeah, there's um. There's the other ones, uh, United Empire. Fucking load of United Empire. Uh, there's no LIJ. No, there's a little bit of chaos with uh, Orange. Yeah. And uh, Levi's. But there's no no Bullet Club, no LIJ. I don't, to be fair, like LIJ have kind of, they're, they're there. Like, there's not. The, the, the match that was sort of teased was um, Naito versus Starks, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen now. No. It, 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 the, the, like, one, the one that we sort of, the one that we're sort of hoping to get announced on Wednesday is um, Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. Zack Sabre Jr. provided Danielson's fifth. Yeah. I mean, if if Danielson isn't fifth, they've got a perfectly good Jonathan Gresham or Daniel Garcia that they could fucking put in with. That's it, yeah. They're right, they're right there. Yeah, John. I'd like to see Jonathan Gresham there as Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, that'd be fun. Because they've not really done anything with him for a while. I no. know he's he's dealing with a few things, but it's weird. It's weird. They haven't like even like addressed Ring of Honor at all recently. Yeah, right. We'll, we'll park Forbidden Door for a second, then we'll move on to AW Gold. Because uh, I'll get to the main event: Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express in a ladder match. Banger. I mean. What can, what can you say? Can the Young Bucks have a bad ladder match? Is it even possible? I, 
at this point, I'm glad that the Hardys got pulled from me. Yeah, because this match not, was phenomenal. Not not just because of the whole like let's take take the Jeff thing aside a minute. I think if the Hardys were in it, given this sort of like the fact that Jeff looked bang up banged up going into double or nothing, it would have just been a whole match of us just worrying about like is Jeff okay? Is Jeff yeah. okay. At least we can I can watch Nick Jackson eat shit all day knowing that he's gonna get back up again. Although on BT, when you saw Matt Jackson walk through the can, he looked like he was fucking battered. Well, it was up it, wasn't it? Where he said, like, yeah, it's like midnight, and I'm like in so much pain, and I just ran a bath. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it looked like when he did that elbow drop on Luchasaurus. Oh, that table just exploded. Yeah. That you see, like, like, after the match, when, like, Nick was like, yeah, there's bits of table in your hair. Yeah. Just pulling the double out of his hair. <laughs> um, yeah, it, um, hopefully he's all right. Um, yeah. But yeah, we shall see. But this match, I mean, it was basically, it was effectively a TLC match, wasn't it? There were, there were fuck tons of tables, there were chairs, there were ladders, there was everything. Yeah, well, that's the thing with ladder matches in AEW is they, they say it's a ladder match because it's the, the object of the matches to, like, the ladder match rules, but it's still... There's still all fucking chaos ensuing. Yeah, and I, I like I like that in a I like that though because it's like that's one thing that kind of really gets on me nerves about WWE with their like presentation of it is they'll do a ladder match and they'll be like you can only use ladders. So like, yeah, but it's no DQ, so you can really use whatever you want. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, there was some there was some mad stuff on this. Like, so as soon as he set those four tables on the outside, every time someone was on the big ladder, I just got the fear. Yeah. And eventually, yeah. it was, the, was belt, the, when, the belt hold for Luchasaurus. Well, I was going to say when Luchasaurus went through all those tables, like there was the bit where they, they tipped the ladder, and I think it was Jungle Boy managed to save himself. Only I landed on the ropes. Yeah, and then and Nick Jackson did one as did one as well. But there was, a, there was a lot of nasty, nasty bumps in this match. Yeah, everybody went through a table. Like, absolutely everybody. Yeah, they did, like, all the table spots in, like, about within 20 seconds of each other, didn't they, as well? Yeah, it was rapid. Well, it was a really fun match. Um, I mean, Nick Jackson hit a 450 on Luchasaurus through a table. Um, yeah. Jungle Boy hit a Hurricane Rana on Matt through a table. And Nick hit a powerbomb. So, but yeah, Nick hit Jungle Boy, Hurricane Rod, and Matt through a table. Then Nick powerbomb Jungle Boy through the table. And then Nick hit the 450 on Luchasaurus through the table. I seem to remember there being a shit ton of Poison Runners as well. Yeah, there were a lot of Poison Runners. But I, it was it was one of those things. The match was that fast-paced that it's all kind of blurry to me. There were Destroyers. There was Poison... I mean, it's all the usual stuff. Destroyers, Poison Runners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, to destroy them. Yeah. So after Luchasaurus crashed through all the big pile of tables... Jungle Boy's in the two-on-one. He tries his best, but the numbers game, you know, it's the, it's the same old story. Uh, Buck's pulling down, hit the BT trigger, and then that's it. They, they both climbed the top of the ladder and they both pulled down the tag belts. Well, they went they went for it on top of the ladder at first, didn't they? Yeah. Which, Which would have been horrendous. Yeah, but I, I like the fact that uh, Jungle Boy just had, like, the kind of, like, mindset to just drop off the ladder. Yeah, it was like, no, I, I, I'm not having this. Yeah, no doubt of it. And then there was a little bit of a, a twist ending as well. Which we'd seen coming. Oh, we, I mean, when I say twist, we, I mean like yeah, we predicted this last week. 
curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. But it was very, very well done. And also, like, again, for, for like, people who kind of think, oh, yeah, like, they've not really done anything with these guys. Like, I like the fact that this storyline's really been going on since Double or Nothing last year. Is that Jungle Man? No, that Jungle Man was a full game. Yeah. Double or Nothing was the Casino Battle Royal where Jungle Boy won it. Oh, yeah. And then Christian kind of like shook hands with him and they become friends. And then Christian was like become his corner man, his hype guy. Yeah. And like boring him. Just don't forget, then, Christian, if this match had gone ahead the way it was supposed to, Christian would have put Jurassic Express in three consecutive three way tag matches. Yeah. For title defenses. But I like I like the fact that Christian was basically like putting up, it, it was almost as if he was trying to live vicariously through Jurassic Express. He was putting them in positions that, like Edge and Christian, were being put in when he was when he yeah. was a tag specialist. Um, and then obviously because Jungle Boy lost them, Christian just go, goes back to doing what he does best and being a fucking piece of shit heel. Well, yeah. So for people who aren't aware, what we're talking about after the match, uh, Christian's helping Jungle Boy to the ropes, like out the ring. And as they get to the ropes, he sort of just grabs him, spins him around, hits him with a kill switch. Goes out, goes out to the outside, gets some chairs. One man can chair those in, and then it was actually after the show had finished. It cut back to a bit where like Jungle Boy's mum and sister were in the crowd, and um, that was cold. It was like his birthday the next day as well, and like Christian yeah. screamed at his mum, "Yeah, your son's gonna be eating his bed to keep through a straw." When he when he just turns to his mum and goes, "You raised a piece of shit, son." Yeah. I was like, yeah, that was that was really cool. I'm really excited to see where they take Christian and Jungle Boy now as, as a, a sort of feud, which is Christian nice always to, better as a heel. And it'll be nice to give Jungle Boy some real singles worth to get his teeth into as well. Yeah, well, I mean, depend obviously depending on his injury because he seemed to have a legitimate uh, head and an- ankle injury. Yeah, but the good thing is he can just he can, he can take some time off now, can't he? He can write him off a little bit. Yeah, at least like with the attack, like it buys them a bit of time where they can go, oh, yeah. And the pop when he comes back now is going to be enormous. It's going to be great. You just have Christian be a real piece of shit heel, and like no one can stop him. And then Jungle Boy turns up, and like they have a big fucking feud, and it'll be it'll be fine. Yeah, I I think I think the idea going forward anyway was probably Christian versus Jungle Boy at all out. Yeah, hopefully we can still do that. Uh, right then, that is Dynamite. Before we move on to Rampage, do you want to hit me with some highs and lows, Jay? Um. I mean, the high's got to be the ladder match, doesn't it? It was, it, but it was a show full of highs. Like, there wasn't a bad match on the cards. Um, even like the two opening ones, like I wasn't really massively into them, but I thought they were fine. Yeah, I thought they said it was what they did. Um, did I have a low? Um, Maybe for me, the only real low was that there was a bit too much Jericho for me. Fair. Which just because, just because, like, you know, it's Jericho and he's just fucking there. Um, but that being said, like, that's like me, me picking because Jericho gets on my nerves these days. Um, yeah, I'd say the ladder match, but honorable mention to Britain, Brit and Tony. And, um, Dax versus Osprey as well. Uh, I'm going to echo a very similar sentence to you. I don't think I don't think I had a low on this. Uh, I'm going to say hi, though. I'm going to go with Dax versus uh, Osprey because I thought that was excellent. 
for a little bit of New Japan on my AW. That's what you want. That's what you want. Get you all excited for Bindo. Right, on to Rampage then. On to Rampage, and we started with Moxley versus Dante with special guest commentary from William Regal, which is always a a little pleasure. This was a banger. And this was? It was an absolute treat. I mean, I sound like a broken record here when I say that it's another match where Moxley puts in an incredible performance, wins, but also makes the guy he beats look really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, As I said earlier, um, it definitely felt like, feels like Dante's either going to surprise Mox or join the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah. Like, he keeps getting closer and closer to beating Mox. Those are really cool. Like, Moxley's gotten... I don't know if he's just, just adapted his his moveset because of like he's doing the William Regal like combat club stuff now, but was, he's gotten like really good at, like submission tra- and, like he, he showed it off in the Daniel Bryan match, didn't he? The Bryan Danielson match when Regal debuted, uh, he's really good at like transitioning between submission moves. So like here he did like a Texas Cloverleaf, and then he sort of turned it into an STF, which looked incredible. Yeah, yeah, um, and he did it a lot against Kyle as well last week. Well, it was actually a Regal stretch he put on, not an STF. Yes, sorry, yeah, and then he hit the real knee uh, after that as well. Yeah, and I, I like that. I like that uh, he's one thing of I think's really cool about the Blackpool Combat Club, and that's just this is just me being a bit of like a technical wrestling nerd. Is that you see Mox because he's learning from Regal, you see he's adapting more. Like he's he's adding little bits of Regal's offense into his own repertoire, and he's adding bits of Danielson's offense into his own repertoire. Yeah, I'm like so he's, he's picked, he's picked up like the hammer and anvil elbows. He's picked up like the regal knee, like all these little bits. Like, yeah, these are like little bits and pieces. It just makes him like even more terrifying when you think about it. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's great. I think this match was awesome as well. Like, I like the fa- I like the fact that Mox was just like, just basically a horrible bastard to Dante for most of this match. Yeah. But Dante wasn't backing down. He was there, like, you surprise and mocked with stuff. Um, he hit that massive sunset flip, which I really like, where he just, like, clean up, jumps over your head, and then, just, like, grabs you. Yeah. It, look, it uh, always looks incredible. Yeah, there was a bit quite early on where Dante went for, like, a, a like dive and crossbody on the outside, and Mox, like, moved out the way. And Dante was already, like, scouted that he was going to move out the way and jump back in. Yeah. He's so good. Like he's he's so close. He just needs like a few little bits and a bit more character work and a bit more like mic skills, and then he is everything you need for a wrestler. He just needs. He just needs time. Yeah. He, one thing that we forget is Dante's twenty years old. Yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? You know, like, at one point he was the youngest member of the roster. Yeah, by the time he's like, by the time he's like 22, 23, he's going to be like on level with some of their top guys. Yeah. That's that's insane. Um, He's just ridiculous, and yeah, and it was it was a phenomenal match. Moxley, yeah. I mean, like towards the end, Moxley just kills um, Dante with a massive lariat to get to two. Hits the hammer and anvil elbows one more time, and he puts him in like a hammerlock. Uh, yeah, like a reanimated choke. Yeah, and yeah, Dante goes out. Uh, well, he taps out. I think doesn't he? Did he tap out? He tapped. Yeah. Uh, another interesting note I've got here is during this match, uh, Excalibur mentioned explicitly Zach Sabre Jr. calling out Danielson. Yeah, and Danielson at time recording is going to be appearing on Dynamite tomorrow to address that. Yeah. So, so I think Fightful, 
So just just to pull back the curtain here, Fightful just put something up about 10 minutes ago about AEW injury updates. So a, a little glance at it. Um, there, there is an update on Danielson where um, they've said that he wasn't medically cleared of as of last week, but they haven't had anything definitive ahead of this month. That's head of the segment this week. Fair. So we'll find Which out. Makes, we'll have another thing. It'll make you think. Yeah, it make you think. Yeah, that he's um he's going to be good to go. That'll be his big announcement. I suppose it. I mean, the, the rumor was it was a concussion, um, and obviously they'll, they'll be doing impact tests daily to make sure he's all right. Um, but obviously, as the other thing is that. Brian Danielson's got a history of concussions, so yeah, you don't want to rush him back. Which I mean, timing wise, it sucks, but at the same time, we'll see. Yeah, true. All right, moving on then. Um, Tony talking to Keith Lee and Swerve, and Swerve was kind of like trying to sort of explain the way why he was a shit house. Um, and then Ricky Starks and Hobbs coming in it. and I just like, ah, you you know, the heads can't get it together, whatever. I love the fact that like Keithy was like, why should I just beat that ass? And <laughs> swear, like, oh, it's a battle royal to every man for himself. I like still being like proper like devious about it. I, that's the thing with Swear, like he, he can come across so like like he can be a really good baby face, but he can be so fucking menacing when he wants to be. And this was like another good example of it. Yeah. Uh, after that, House of Black and Death Triangle had little promos. This is really, really cool because it sort of kept their, not kept their few going, but it sort of reminded you via the singles match of like what the, the, the two teams have been through, which was really cool. Um, and Malahir Pack said that Penta was going to send Malahir back to die Netherlands in like a really bad Georgia accent. Yeah. And then uh, he called him, what was it, strange dangling creep. Yeah. Which is beautiful. Love you love to see it. Um old Geordie. Next up then we had always like another singles pack versus Malachi Max Yeah. Next up we had Max Caster in the gun club versus Leon Ruffin Bear Country, the um wonderfully named Ruffinit. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, um, again, pretty, pretty nothing match. Like Max Caster won with a big elbow drop and it was yeah. Well, it was just all three of them just murdering Leon Ruff. Yeah, um, they scissor in the ring and everything. They have a good there, time. There was a, the rap was fucking. Woo. It was spicy. Yeah, Cast, was, Max rapping about having to sign an NDA, obviously referencing. Well, he brought, up, he brought up January the sixth. First, like oh, fucking hell, like, yeah, Chris Jericho's uh, right there, mate. He's right there. Yeah, and then uh, when he said, "I did have another line to say, but somebody made me sign, sign an NDA," I was like, "That was fucking yep. gold." Because it was, it wasn't, it wasn't too on the nose. But then, but enough that everyone was like, if, if you've read, if, if you knew the story, you knew exactly what he was talking about. Yeah. And next up, then we had Lexi Nair backstage with Hook. Uh, Hook's going to face a top prospect from the New Japan Dojo next week, but they don't know who. Uh, um, I thought that it was Clark Connors. I was it? He's the guy who just lost to Ishii, and apparently that match was amazing. So it was either Clark Connors or Carl Fredericks. It was one or the oh, other. Okay. Both have appeared on, both have got like a one and a, a one and a record on um, Dark. Yeah. 
And yeah, so Hook Hook speaks again, tells Danhausen he's got this. It's good. Yeah, it's a little I, serious hook. I like I like the fact that Danhausen come in like uh, like oh you're doing the interview without me. Uh, you started without me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up then, Jade Cargill versus Willow Nightingale. Um, Jericho names Cargill Sportsnet Center of the Week. Uh, Stokely's on commentary, which is awesome. Stokely on commentary was great. Yeah, really I like enjoyed that. that. Like down Jericho every now and again as well. <laughs> yeah, really, uh, really, really super fun match. And Willow, yeah, Willow, uh, was, Willow was really over, like really, really over. Uh, if if they haven't signed her, I think they will. Yeah. I can see her being someone that they use as like drawing power for Ring of Honor as well because if the, if you think about it with like Ring of Honor, they want to get people who they like they bring in that people get excited to see like Warhorse, yeah. like Willow. I've I literally ten minutes before this podcast we start recording, I watched this week's Dark and like the Warhorse versus um, Tony Nesmith. Totally. Warhorse got a I know he's a hometown guy, but he got a monster pop. Well, he does whenever, like, whenever he shows up, he gets a big part. Yeah, like people love Warhorse as they show these top lad. Uh, and he's just had his car stolen as well. Fuck, really? Like today, yeah. They, they apparently they found it, but he doesn't know how badly it's damaged. Oh man, so that sucks. So maybe if, if you're living in the states or if you've got the access, if you maybe buy buy a little Warhorse t-shirt, help a guy out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right then, next. So yeah, the match was really, really fun. Um, Nightingale hits that cannibal sent on, which is amazing, and then gets a cl- really close to. And yeah. then Jade busts out a, a cheeky little pedigree, and then straight into the air. straight into Jaded. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. After the match, we have a little beat down from the baddies, and then we end up with Athena and Chris Atlanta coming out again to help out. So I mean, this is obviously sort of all sort of. Percolate now, isn't it? Like it's 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 building steam. Yeah, I think either they're going to do a triple threat at all out, or they're going to have Chris be the next challenger, and then if they, like Jade yeah. dodge until all out, and then Athena wins it all out. Yeah, I think that's that's reasonable. Um, then we had another little promo. Uh, one of my favorite things every time I see it is just um, Sanjay Dutt just cocaine energy and just throwing his pencil at the camera is like my favourite thing in like the entire world you know he reminds me of I think it's cause, just because he's got like a bald head but a mega mind <laughs> yeah I, I can see that he's got the same like energy as him though because he's like he comes he's trying to come across like that like devious and medicine and he's just like that doggy yeah anyway Excalibur then runs down the door card and new match is announced which is FTR Jeff Cobb and Greta Khan, Rapongi Vice, three-way match for both the Ring ooh, of Honor ooh, ooh. and IWGP titles. FDR have to win that. Well, we'll, we'll see what we get. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll get, we'll get on to that. Also oh, announced for also announced for this week's Dynamite, Chris Jericho and Lance Archer taking on Moxley and Tanahashi, which is going to fuck. Yeah, that's going to be so so good. I, I hope. I hope they do more with Despy than just having him fucking show up to like attack like Tanahashi and he eats a sling blade that one time. Yeah. Because Despy goes fucking hard. Uh, right then. We... Well, Desperado is Darby Allen. Fuck it. Yeah. Just, just, just give us it. Do that. Just, I mean, you threw, you threw Darby versus Kyle on the last paper, but like, no build. Just do it again. 
Uh, right, next up then, we have the main event, Darby Allen versus Bobby Fish. Obviously, this is stemming from um, the little beef between him and Kyle when they took out Sting a few weeks back. And yeah. holy shit, this match was really, really good. Yeah, I think, like, everyone forgets, like, Bobby Fish is really fucking good. Yeah, because he's like he's not, like, the most exciting guy in the Undisputed Elite. When you look at, like, Cole and Row Rag, you've got, like, a bit more personality. But then you remember, like, oh, no, Bobby Fish is, like, a really, just a really solid wrestler, and he can do mad shit. Yeah. Uh, some of Darby's suicide dives in this were filth. For, for a man who's, I'm, I'm used to seeing, like, Darby's normal suicide dives don't phase me anymore. But these ones, geez, I was hiding behind a pillow for some of these. Yeah. They, they were there were a few like really sad ones. It was like like the one where he like went like neck first into the barrier. Yeah, so he like went through fish basically, and then just got up and did it again. Yeah, which was oh mate, oh mate. Um, Bobby Fish spearing Darby through the ropes was pretty nice. Uh, just loads of like mad bumping to like the outside and all sorts. Um, Fisher's German suplex on the apron. Um, Darby, kicked out, Darby kicked out the top rope of Falcon Arrow, didn't he? He did, which is the move he's, that he's Bobby... The person to kick out of that. Possibly. I know he's won with it before. Uh, yeah, well, it's Bobby's finish, isn't it? Yeah. But then, but inter- interestingly, and again, this is clever, it was similar to how Kyle O'Reilly had to beat Darby. I wonder how, sorry, how Jeff had to beat Darby. Darby used the same. So Jeff couldn't, obviously, Jeff realized like he couldn't beat Darby with like, um, by putting him out. And then yeah. so Darby, Darby realized he, he wasn't going to get the opportunity to hit a coffin drop on fish. So he ended up pinning him with a last supper, which is in, an interesting way of finishing the match. Yeah. I, like, I like to, I like that move. I, I think Darby should use it more just to, if anything. Just to protect his fucking back of the <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. When he's not doing fucking coffin drops, not the steel steps. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was um it was a nice it was a nice finish and it sort of it sort of lent itself to the match the match was very technical. When they weren't like breaking each other's spines, it was quite technical and quite sort of back and forth. And Derby just having that little bit of momentum to hit the last of it really sort of like was a, a, a nice believable finish to to, to the to the entire match. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so after the match, um, Kyle comes out with a chair, and as he's coming down the ramps, uh, the ramp, the lights go out. They come back on, and Sting's there. <laughs> Sting swings his baseball bat into Kyle O'Reilly's nether region. Kyle sells it like he's been shot in the groin, which is great. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Like handsome selling. Yeah, and then um, Sting and Darby basically beat down Fish and they pulmonize his leg with a coffin drop. Yeah. Didn't as well at one point, uh, they, if I'm not mistaken, they wrapped the chair around his knee and then Sting hit him with the baseball, like hit his knee with the baseball bat. Yes, I think they did as well. They, they, they just fuck Fish's knee like all the way up basically, like they did to Sting. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to need a fucking walker at this rate. I mean, he's getting on a bit now, isn't he? So. Yeah, he is like 103. Yeah, he's looking well for his age. Uh, right before we move on to yeah. a, few, a few questions. Back, Bobby Fish thing. Uh, before we move on to a few questions, any highs and lows, Jay? Uh, my high was Mox vs Dante. They always just have really fun matches. Um, 
I didn't have a lot. I was really sold episode of Dynamite, uh, Dynamite of Rampage. Fair. Um, I am also, I mean, I think I'm going to be really a boring bastard here. Am I? Am I going to be boring? I did. I did really enjoy the main events. I loved more than I thought I would. It's like Bobby Fish doesn't really get the pulse quickening, does he normally? But him and, oh, fuck it, I'll get to give it the main events just to be different. Fuck it, I'll be contrary. Um, yeah, because it really surprised me. I was I wasn't, I was like, oh, yeah, Derby, he's just going to do a Derby thing. And I was like, oh, no, they put it on a really, really, really good match. It's mad, isn't it? You can get like bored, not bored, but you can find like Derby matches to be a bit, oh, just another Derby match when it's like him like nearly killing himself. Yeah. I don't know, with Derby, he's, he always has good matches, but I do, he, he does have like his like sort of formula he follows where it's, I'm going to kill myself, then they're going to do something nasty to me, then I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. Then, yeah. But no, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was really hard hitting and like really good fun. So yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Just, just, to, just to give it a different, pick a different one. And again, Rampage is really hard to pick a, a lower Rampage because it's such a tight, you know, concise show. Right, we'll move on to questions. A lot of these are off the door. Um, so, so should we do, should we do the predictions first just to get out of the way with and I think we should do the questions first because a lot of them are like who's going to wrestle who on Bindum so maybe answer these like sort of fancy months first and then we'll finish off we'll load the last thing we'll give everyone before we leave will be our completely correct predictions I mean we don't even know the whole card yet so we can only do I'm only going to do what's on what's announced yeah for predictions but we'll do that last okay so Sarah has a few first I'll do all of Sarah's first Uh, first of all who's facing Jay White for Bindum We've, I think we've discussed this pretty well. I think it's still going to be some form of Cole, Okada, Hangman, that sort of quartet is going to happen in some capacity, I think. Yeah, I'd be intrigued if it isn't. I think they've left it too late to bring in someone because who the fuck else is in AW to face Jay White? Unless it's Kenny, but he can't be Kenny. Unless well, it's Kenny. But it can't Kenny. be because he's not, he's not ready. God. That's what he wants you to think. Um, it'd be cool again it'd be cool if it was Jonathan Gresham and the champion versus champion yeah that would also be fun um, next question are Young Bucks going to the door you think they'd have to right you think they have to be on the card I mean to be fair they could literally just as, as I say I wouldn't be surprised if they did a bullet club based on the speed elite now they've done the whole Jay White like Gone after I've had them Yeah, well, this is the first time that like Jay White's dissed Cole openly, isn't it? Like, they've been buddy buddy up to this point. So I imagine the thing with New Japan pay per views is they'll just to kind of like get people on the card, they'll just throw in like just like a random like six man or something. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of like padded that out, even even on Rampage, just announced a couple of six mans. Yeah, which they uh, can which easily do. Um, I mean, there's literally a, a six-month belt in, in New Japan, isn't there? So they could do that in some capacity. Yeah. As far as an actual like match I'd like to see, which they don't really need to do a great deal of build for, it should be like a nice exhibition match. Fuck it. Young Bucks, Aussie Open. Yeah, give us that. They've, they've featured Aussie Open very heavily. On um, that, That's a dream match as well, isn't it? Like That's one that everyone really wants oh, yeah. to see. So. Aussie Open are going to be having fucking cover of them this week, and you know, you know, you know, Aussie Open are in, in the country as well, so they're around. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the wrestling kings of the Black Throne of PWG the following week as well. So there's anything left of them, then they can throw the books at um, Binder. 
right, next up, uh, again, we've sort of answered this. Are Cole and Page going to be at Forbidden Door and who against? Like, yes, I think, I still think that, that they're going to be in. No. I think this is all like JY protesting too much. I think this is all leading to some sort of title picture match here. I, yeah, I really, really hope that a card is actually going to show. Well, that leads to the next question. Any Forbidden Door surprises? I don't think that'll be a surprise for Forbidden Door, though. I think that's more going to be he'll show up on Dynamite this week and then he'll walk. I think... I can't see him wrestling, but I I think it's nailed on that Kenny is involved in some capacity. Uh, you, you've got to imagine Kenny's going to do a promo or something, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that will make the most sense. Um, and Punk as well. And Punk. So yeah, it'd, be nice, it'd be nice to have, maybe if there is like a, it'd be nice to have Punk nice commentary have for like Marks versus yeah. Tanahashi. Yeah, remember mine there. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Uh, I can't think of anyone. Like, I mean, you think like Ibushi is like the, the whole contract uh, situation like precludes that, doesn't it? Which is a shame. Um, I mean, the, the one thing that you've kind of got to like the one like big name who's sort of been omitted is Naito, isn't it? Yeah. That you could see maybe as as you say, Lij. Uh, there's a lot of there is a lot of like big names who aren't who aren't really involved in anything on this. No Sonata, no uh, Evil, no Bushi, no uh, Hiromu, yeah. no Ishimori, no Shingo, uh, no, no Shingo. I mean, the the match that I really wanted to see was Shingo versus Hangman, oh, where it could oh, have been like an could have just been like an exhibition match, just. Shingo Hangman just knocking lumps out of each other. Yeah. Um, well, I, I do think that, it, I don't know, it feels, this event feels to me like from New Japan's side of things, they're testing the waters. Yeah. They're not going, pardon the pun, all in on this one this year. Yeah. They're, they're, they're kind of just like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how this goes and then we'll will weigh up whether we want to do like a bigger show next year. Um and it's like a lot of the, the people who are here, it's a lot of like the gaijin, isn't it? It's not like the homegrown guys. Yeah, with the exception of um with Tanahashi with, being the big one obviously. Like Tanahashi shows the Umino. Um Great Okan. Everyone else is really like yeah, a lot of the gaijin. But I don't, I don't know how much of that is that See, there's a lot of factors that you kind of look at and go, okay, maybe that's why, maybe that's why. For example, the G1. Yeah. Um, it's a really peculiarly what... placed in the calendar, isn't it? Like, so close to Dominion, so close to Double or Nothing, like, so close I, to the start of the G1. I think they should have probably done this um, WrestleMania week, or the week after WrestleMania. Yeah, in between Revolution and Double or Nothing. Yeah, I mean, it probably just didn't come together in time, did it? Like, that's probably it's. I mean, this is the first one. Don't forget, they're talking about making this an annual thing, so it'd be nice to see how it builds over the next couple of years and how we do get like more. Hope we get more and more guys coming in. Yeah, well, I mean, three weeks before the G1 starts is a bit, yeah, it's a bit silly. Uh, right, last question from Sarah What next for Jericho Appreciation Society now that Sammy and Tay have joined? I mean, I think the answer is just deep kissing. Yeah, um, I I don't know. I think it could potentially be.
be a way of getting Garcia to jump ship. Yeah, because the, it's it's unbalanced the team. It's not for blood and guts, hasn't it? Especially if Danielson's like a little bit of a question mark. Well, not necessarily because you've got you've got like what 2.0 um Sammy Jericho Garcia Hager. That's six. Yeah, and then you've got Eddie Danielson, um, proud powerful Mox and Utah. Uh, it's also six. Actually, I stand corrected. There you go. Yeah. And you've got Shelter who and I always like someone who can fill in for Danielson if he's not fit for Blood and Guts. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Santana and Ortiz, uh, Dan from Sweet Chumag has asked, when does Santana and Ortiz win the tag titles? And then maybe jokingly, why will they have a nine-match series with 2.0? First of all, yes, give me that. That'd be incredible. I'd actually legitimately seriously enjoy that. Uh, I still stand by my prediction. I think they will be tight team champions at the end of the year. Yeah, I think um, I, I think so. I think um, I think that FTR, I, I still think, will uh, disrupt the books, and I think that'll be quite soon. I think the books winning the tag titles is just basically to get them away from Jurassic Express and get, like... Call me cynical. Give, give <laughs> I think they want to be two-time main champs before Moxley. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I think there's a little bit of that maybe in there, a little tiny bit. But then Scorpio and Sammy and Cody have already been... Yeah, that's TNT, I don't count. That's a secondary yeah. title. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think that the I think the books are literally just, just winning it so they can be the first team to hold twice and FTR are going to do it so they can go away just as good as you. I think I, I definitely think FTR are going to end up, especially should they unify the ROH and the IWGP tag team titles. Um, I think the logical thing is then to have FTR and books have like another winner takes all match. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, we'll go straight into the final segment of today's podcast, which is our predictions for the as currently as of this date, the twenty first of June. Well, you've t- you've, uh, you've you've ignored the phase questions. Though. That wasn't a question, was it? No, it was from last week. Never mind. <laughs> exactly. I know what I'm doing. I, I, um, I was I was thinking, why is I asked that question again? So, as of the twenty first of June, these and we'll we'll do the the one that's heavily rumored as well. Uh, so. First of all, Pack versus Miro versus let's let's you know a bullshit round Malachi versus Ishii because we know Ishii's won and we know Malachi has to win because Penta can't work. Well, unless the reason they've re I, I have this theory, I had this theory that I said on the news. What if they've repackaged Penta because they know of that problem? Penta works as Pentagon Junior in Mexico. So what if they're trying to out Carney the Carnies? Oh, no, Penta Penta Oscuro. Penta Oscuro. No, it's totally totally different Penta. Totally new Penta. This is a totally different guy, how, trust me. I've seen, I've, seen, I've seen his face. Yeah. Uh, who wins the four-way? Um, I think Miro. He's got... I also wouldn't... I wouldn't be surprised if Pac won it. See, right. I'm going to officially say Miro because I think he's got the momentum. I think they're big on him. I think they're pushing him real hard. A little bit of me. Says Ishii. 
I thought this because then they can have like AEW guys go over to New Japan and like challenge for it and then it because I think New Japan are giving a lot on this show and I think they need to take something yeah so I'm going to say Miro but I wouldn't be surprised if she won it yeah Next up, a uh, bit of a rando one. Shota, Umino, Wheeler Uther, and Eddie Kingston versus Jericho Appreciation Society and Suzuki. Uh, Jericho Appreciation Society and Murder Grandel. I think Murder Grandel is Jiro, Jiro picking up. He's coming back for his win that he lost against Joe. He's coming back to get one. I mean, I love Shota, Umino, but he's there, so he's the pin. Yeah. He's there to get fucking murdered by Murder Grandel. I can, I can buy that. I, I'm with you on that one. Or actually, what, what's more likely to happen is that Murder Grandad and Eddie will probably brawl through the crowd quite early on. Yeah, yeah. Leave the two like young lions, so to speak, with the Jericho and Sammy and the sex gods will just pick them apart. Yeah, I, I could actually see that. I mean, I think Jericho and Sammy need a win to sort of like re-establish themselves as a, as a top team. Hmm. So I think they'll get it there. Uh, Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm. I mean, you can't do past Thunder at this point, can you? She's unless they unless these all these rumors about her being a pain in the ass are true, and they just want to get the title off her. But I don't think this is how they do it. Like not with this this little build. See, I feel like this match is too too soon. Like I feel like Tony would have been a really like logical person to take the belt off Rosa. Yeah, but then obviously we've got the uh, Mercedes Venado rumors flying around now. True, uh, true that. And also, Jade's a very logical person to take the belt off Thunder Rosa as well. Yeah. So I, I, um, just think, I just think it's a little too abrupt. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think... Um, I think the reason why they've done Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm is because Tony Storm's someone that, like, the Japanese audience are quite familiar with with their work and stardom. Yeah, she, like, she almost feels like a stardom. Like wrestler coming into AW at this point because she's been in AW for such a short period of time. She's so well known to the Japanese audience who stardom. It it almost feels yeah. a little bit cross promotional, even though they're both in AW. They just basically yeah. went right. Who's the most stardom person on the roster? Okay, it's Tony. Put her in. Yeah, I basically I think that, which is a shame because if he could have figured something out, I would love to have seen Kyrie versus uh, Thunder Rosa. Yeah. Or um, maybe with Tommy versus. Those as well, that would be tight. Uh, right, next up, Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy for the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship. I mean, Orange Cassidy is going to do what Orange Cassidy does. He's going to have a banger. He's going to look really good, but then he's going to eat the pin. Yeah, Osprey wins that 100%. Easy. Easy. That's, that's the easiest one to call all night, I think. Osprey's only just won the belt. Does yeah. It doesn't make any sense for him to drop it. To well, guy. speaking of people who only just won the belts... FTR versus United Empire versus Rapongi Vice, winner take all, triple threat match, Ring of Honor, and the IWGP tag team titles. Something's got to give because either FTR or United Empire are losing those belts. Mate, have you seen the fucking state of New Japan's tag team division at the moment? <laughs> they need FTR. I mean, I saw like fucking Farley was were, the fucking champion going into Dominion. You were saying to me that, um, yeah, and Farley and Chase Owens only fucking. Won it off Jeff Cobb and um, Okan like a few weeks prior to that. Yeah. You, you were saying to me that New Japan have got to take something. What New Japan are going to take is that they're going to get FTR as their tag team champions and then working for them. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I am 95% certain that FTR are winning this. 
Oh, FTR absolutely are because it's FTR doing what Kenny did last year with the belt collectors. Yeah. The only the only thing that might hinder FTR winning it is the fact that they're Triple A tag team champions and CMLL might be like, "What are you doing?" Wait, wait, wait. Then, my trying to use some stroke. There's also a reason why they've not even mentioned those belts by name recently. Yeah. So, so yeah, FTR. You saying FTR? I'm saying FTR. I, I think FTR's logical in it. Okay. In the Pongi there to beat the pin. Yeah. Because Jeff Cobb, like I know, can't look strong going into the G1. Rocky Ramirez, we look at them lights. Yeah. Uh, the top grapple boys open tournament. Um, Zach Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danson. Not officially announced, but we all think it's going to happen. Um, Danielson. He's been so protected, hasn't he? Like super protected. Zach Sabre Jr. is one of those guys who he's on the periphery of getting into the main event scene, but he's never quite there. And yeah. don't forget, Danielson won the trophy this year, this year the award. He did. So he's he's he's, he's the, theoretically on top of the pile, isn't he? In this sort of I mean, division, Jonathan Gresham probably should have won that. Let's be real now. Jonathan um, Gresham has a, a sixty-minute match with uh, Hangman Page. Then you come back, you come back and talk to me. I mean, he did have like a fucking thirty-minute match with Chris Ridgway, which was just intense as fuck. Um. Yeah, I I, I think Danielson. Danielson wins this. Like as I say, Zack Sabre Jr. He's a guy who New Japan don't they'll never they never seem to want to pull the trigger on him, which is ridiculous because he's fucking outstanding. Yeah, he's a guy who should be should have been world champion. He's come very fucking close, um, multiple times. He's a guy they'd love to just throw in as a challenger, just when they need someone to just challenge for the belts. They just mix it up a bit. Uh, but I think. He, he doesn't. He doesn't lose anything losing to Brian Danielson. No, uh, and then finally the big one: John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the interim AEW World Championship. Mox, hundred percent Mox. Yeah, I mean, there's a little, there's a little niggle of doubt in the back of my mind that says, "What if they just, what if Tony's a mad lad and he puts it on Tanahashi?" I think because Tanahashi said he wants to face Punk at Wrestle Kingdom, and Punk's going to be out till Punk's out for two months, isn't he? I don't know. Broken foot's too much usually. I haven't got that Fightful Select hook up, mate. I don't, I don't know the inside track. That's not from Fightful Select. That's just from past like things. Um, that's just from me known known from like past injuries of the similar ilk. Um, yeah, usually it's about two months, which would be mean that Punk is going to be back for All Out, which means so he could win the belt back and then take the Wrestle Kingdom and John Kanahashi himself as champion. The logical, logical thing is Punk versus Mox. Is going to either happen on the road to all out or at all out. Um, and then we get MJF versus Punk somewhere down the line. Yeah. Because we know, we know that train's on the fucking tracks. It's a couple of strikes right now, which is why to wait for TV. But that's it. Just a little, just a little, a little union action. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that I think that it's for for an AEW for an, what's the best way to put this for AEW's ease of use for the champion. They want a guy who's going to be on TV week in week out. 
it just, make, it, it just makes too much sense, doesn't it? Mox is the easy, easy yeah. option, but it's so easy. It's like he never got like a proper run in front of a fan, in front of fans, but when he originally had the belt, he is. I mean, I've said this for like some time now. He is legitimately having a career year. He's putting on some of the best work anyone on the planet is doing right now. He is legitimately making a case for being the best wrestler on this earth in the last yeah. six months since he's come back. Have and you yeah. seen as much with Devin yet? What's that? you seen as much with Devin yet? No, not yet. Plus, he goes, he's such a great ambassador for the company. He pops up on GCW, he pops up on the Indies all over the place. He's a really mm-hmm. visible guy to have with the belt. And I, I, I mean, when, when this was first announced, it was like, right, Moxie makes perfect sense. Just put on Moxie. And it looks, yeah. and I, I'm fully, I'm fully convinced they're going to do that. Yeah, I think, I think the thing with Mox is that he's, he, he's very, he's very like kind of dependable for AW, isn't he? Like, I remember, remember his last reign when he was just cutting banger promos and battering big lads like all over the place. Yeah, like if if they ever like need to just quickly get the belt on somebody who they can like treat as a top guy, and I, I made this point on the news to Troy yesterday as well. Like, who's the second biggest guy behind Punk in that company? It's John Moxley. Yeah. Like as far as as far as crossover appeal goes, it's John Moxley. As far and as you, like, and then because he's got that program with Jericho, going, you can, you can bring Jericho into the picture then have him like challenge for the title. Yeah. Get, give us Mox Hangman because that needs to happen yeah. soon. Um, so definitely, so Mox. So basically, we're, we're both saying Mox effectively here, aren't we? That's that's the takeaway. Yeah, here. Punk, Punk can drop the title and then have a fucking match at Wrestle Kingdom with Tanahashi, and then that's that's AW doing their bit to help out uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Which, to be fair, I think Wrestle Kingdom this year is going to fuck because I reckon we're going to get a couple of AW guys. Yeah, roll them up. Sound. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's going to wrap us up then. Um, Next time you hear all, is there any is there any matches that you think that might happen? Well, not none that we've not that talked about. That haven't been announced. No, I think I think Young Bucks Aussie Open. Um, um it's some some some, some something regard involving those four guys in the title, like is going to be. Yeah. You'd think. Yeah. Yeah. Be quite funny if uh, Jay White just goes. Actually, I'm going to face Buddy Murphy because he's a fucking Aussie bastard. <laughs> and we just, we just get Buddy and JY killing each other for fucking 60 minutes. That'd be nice. That would be lovely. Uh, right, so yeah, on that note, we'll wrap it up. Next time you hear our delicious voices, it will be after Forbidden Door has taken place. We'll know everything that has happened. We'll know all yeah. the matches, we'll know all the results. We'll talk about it all next week. Might even Buddy Troyans to join us, might we? Oh, I mean, that'd be, I'd love to like, watch his brain explode in real time. I can't wait for this for this watch on, on, on Sunday night. It'll be great. So yeah, uh, thank you all very much for joining us, everyone. Enjoy Bro, Forbidden gonna... Door. Enjoy everything. Enjoy Dynamite. Enjoy Rampage. Forbidden Door. We've got a whole weekend of wrestling ahead of us. It's beautiful. Troy's going to be angry regardless because Tanahashi's losing. <laughs> and Tanahashi one of Troy's favorites. All right. On that note then, take care, everyone. Stay safe. Enjoy your wrestling. And we'll see you very soon. Goodbye. Uh, Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast house in the Untitled Wrestling Podcast House. Here. <laughs>